they won't study the Bible with you. You never know. They might say yes, right? So we are in the middle of a Bible study that we're calling Brainwashed, right? And we're two weeks in, so this is the third week. And so I want to do a little bit of review because tonight we're going to get into uh, so, some new things. That well, Tonight's just going to be a little bit different than the normal nights at Ignite and our normal Bible studies. So the first week we looked at who our enemy was, right? We, we saw who, who knows the three enemies of the Christian. Raise your hand and give me all three. Yes. The flesh. Flesh, the world, and the Satan. Good job. Those are the three enemies of the Christian. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Now, of all of those, which one is like the head devil, right? The devil's in charge. He uses the world. He uses the flesh, for sure. But those are our three enemies. And we need to understand how they work if we want to be able to stand, like Ephesians 6 tells us, to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against the rulers of the darkness of this world, principalities, we, we, we wrestle against spiritual warfare. And so you have to understand how your enemy works if you're not going to get pushed over on your butt and sit on the sideline for the rest of the game, right? So we, we started to see how our enemy works by looking at how the devil tempted Eve all the way back in Genesis chapter 3. We saw that he used subtlety, right? The devil is the most subtle enemy out there. He's more subtle than any other creature God created. So he's not going to come out wide in the open. And you're going to be like, oh, the devil's coming. He's attacked. No, no, no. He's sneaky. He's subtle. He used questioning. He got Eve to question God's word. And, and, and the devil's done a great job with that today, getting you to wonder, did God really say this? What has God really said? Can I trust what God has said? And then he just straight up lied to her. We saw that the Bible says that the devil is the father of all lies. He's the king of lies. And he will do that. He'll get you to question God's word, but then he'll just outright lie to you. And then he, the last thing he did was he appealed. He made it appealing. He appealed to her flesh and the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life that we saw in the first week. So that's the enemy and that's how he works. And we're building a case week to week to get to where we're at tonight. Because last week we saw Romans 12 too. You guys remember Romans 12 too? Got it up on the screen here. It says, and be not conformed to this world. We don't want to be conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We saw last week that you can only be conformed to one of two things according to God's word. You'll either be conformed to the world or you'll be conformed to the word, the word of God. Because to be conformed to the world is the opposite of what God wants you to do. He wants you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And how you renew your mind is to get into the mind of Christ. Does anyone know what the mind of Christ is? It's the word of God. It's the Bible. And so we get into the word and, and we get out of the world simultaneously. And what we saw, another thing we saw last week is that actions follow thoughts. That's why our mind is so important. You guys remember seeing that? Our actions, what we do, comes after thinking about it. Very logically, it makes sense. You have to think about something before you actually act upon it, before you actually do it. But what we saw is that if you don't protect your thoughts and how you think and guard your heart, well, the world will try to influence and impact your thoughts. And once they've impacted your thoughts, it's only a matter of time before your actions follow suit. So we have to understand the link between our thoughts and our actions, but furthermore, we have to understand the link between our eyes and our senses and how we think. Because what we saw last week is it starts off by what you see, the lust of the eyes. And then you think about it. You see it. You covet. You, you think on it. And then eventually you act. See, think, 
act because actions follow thoughts. So we have to control, we have to be aware of what is influencing us. What influences us through our senses, our hearing, our, our seeing? What influences our hearts that will eventually impact and influence our thoughts, which will eventually influence our actions? And so we've been building a case, and so I hope, if you've been here the last two weeks, that tonight is just going to make sense because we've built a case to get to what I want us to get to tonight. Tonight is going to be a little bit different than usual because it's, it's going to be very practical. And, and I want to give you a warning, a little disclaimer tonight, that it might feel a bit like a punch in the gut. Now, you can ignore me, and it won't be, and that's fine. But if you're actually listening because you want to see what God has to say for you, and you don't want to be brainwashed by the enemy and look like the world and be useless to God, this might be a little bit of a punch in the gut tonight. And I'm not even just talking to the teenagers. I'm talking to all of us, maybe even a parent who's listening online. This is applicable to anybody ages 10 and up, I would say. Because this is what God has to tell us about how the world wants to influence our thinking so that it can brainwash us, and that applies to any age. Okay, so what I want to ask all of us tonight, all of us, I want you to think this question to yourself. It's the title of the message, Am I Addicted? Are you addicted? And I'm not talking about to a substance. Are you addicted? I'm not even talking about pornography, so guys, you can settle down. I'm not going to call you out tonight on that one. We'll save that for next month. Are you addicted to media? Are you addicted to media. Before we answer that, let's define addiction really quick, because maybe you're like, I don't really know what you mean yet. Okay, let's define addiction. I'm going to give you the, just the, the general dictionary.com version of the definition of addiction. Addiction is the state of being enslaved to a habit or a practice or to something that is psychologically or physically habit-forming, like, like narcotics, to such an extent that its cessation causes severe trauma. Cessation just means, you know, to cease, to stop. So something that's habit-forming, something that uh, makes you enslaved to this habit or practice, that to stop it would cause severe tr trauma or stress. This definition, if you think about this definition, what I just read, it shows us that it's possible to be addicted to things other than just physical substances. Because if, I'm sure if I were to take a quick poll, if I said, what do you think of when I say addiction, the first things you probably think of are drugs and alcohol, right? And, and we could expand that into many different kinds of drugs and other substances and whatnot. But it's possible to be addicted to something other than just a substance. Because the idea is that you're being enslaved to a habit or a practice that is psychologically or physically habit-forming doesn't have to be just physical, something you put into your body. It can be something that affects your senses, that is habit-forming, and to such an extent that ceasing would cause severe trauma. So what I want to get at tonight is, are you addicted to media, and even more specifically, social media? Because media could be anything from television to the movies to the, the news, um, and then social media would be specifically like your social media networks, even into YouTube and stuff like that. Enslaved to a habit or practice, and cessation causes severe trauma. What does the Bible say about addiction? It, well, the word addicted or addict or addiction, it's only used one time in the Bible, actually. So, I mean, we're doing a Bible study, we might as well at least see it, right? 1 Corinthians 16, 15, it's actually used in a positive connotation, which is interesting. Uh, it's more uh, speaking of devotion or, or a habit that's a good thing. Look at 1 Corinthians 16, Paul says, I beseech you, brethren... You know the house of Stephanus, that it 
is the, fr- the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Well, that, that doesn't sound like a bad thing, <laughs> to be addicted to the ministry. They had this devotion and habit of ministering. And if you guys have been around Ignite any length of time, you know that ministry is simply serving others. It's meeting the needs of others in love. Well, that would be a good thing to be addicted to. Okay, so that doesn't really give us our definition in the negative. Well, let's, let's, let's try it a different route. Let's go to Ephesians 5.18. Check this out. Ephesians 5.18 says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Okay, don't be drunk with wine. Why? Why shouldn't I be drunk with wine. Well, the alternative that's offered, notice, be not drunk with wine. Now, he's going to contrast it with something else, but the opposite, be filled with the Spirit. So here, the word filled doesn't necessarily just mean to contain, because the opposite is to be drunk with wine. Well, when I'm drunk with wine, what am I? I'm intoxicated. I'm inebriated. My mind is being controlled by something else. That's the definition of filled here. Don't be controlled by a foreign substance. Be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Do you see the difference? So if you can take a substance or drink a substance or view something that would influence your mind to the point of intoxication so that it's no longer being controlled by you or the Holy Spirit, well, that's the opposite of what is good. That's the opposite of what God tells us. Do you see that? Can you be controlled? Think about it. Can you be controlled by the Holy Spirit if your mind is intoxicated with something like drugs or alcohol? Well, no, you're not even in control of your mind at that point. See that? See how that works? See, it's not that God just has something out against this specific thing, wine. He says, listen, when you're drunk, and we could say anything that gets you to the point of inebriation, if you're high on drugs, Your mind is no longer in your control. He says, don't be filled, don't be controlled by these substances. Be controlled by the Holy Spirit. By the way, if you care, this is a little bit of a rant, but I won't take long on it. That's why I don't care if the government legalizes in Ohio recreational pot. I've had kids ask me that, just curious. Like, well, what about when they legalize marijuana? So what? Does does legalizing it make it morally right? Well, it's, it's natural. It's not, it can't hurt you. Okay, fine. Let's see what the Bible says. Can I be filled with the Holy Spirit while I'm high on pot? Nope. Well, then it's garbage. There you go. There, there's your little rant for the week. That was worth whatever you paid to get in here. Okay, let's keep moving on. Remember, last week we talked about the importance of the mind, and we reviewed it a second ago, because your actions follow your thoughts. If something is controlling your mind other than the Holy Spirit, eventually your actions are going to follow suit. The converse is true, too. If you let the Holy Spirit control your mind through the word of God, guess what? Your actions will follow suit. It's evident. It's evident. Whatever is controlling your mind is going to follow into your actions. Well, what does the Bible have to say about our thoughts? And we're going to see this verse a couple times tonight, but let's just see it for the first time. 2 Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. says, casting down imaginations... And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You know what this verse says? We need to take all of our thoughts and bring them captive. What does that mean? Well, I need to take them in control to what? To the obedience of Christ. 
well, I, my mind's all over the place, man, because I've got everything coming into me. I, I'm viewing all these things. I'm on sensory overload from this world. I'm completely overwhelmed by all of the media in this world, and my thoughts are everywhere. Well, then you need to take those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Because naturally, without the power of the Holy Spirit, we have evil thoughts. We do. We're carnal. We're human. Matthew 15, 19, says, Jesus says, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. Evil thoughts come out of the heart when it's not controlled by the Holy Spirit, when it's not the Spirit of God working through you. So think about it this way. Let's get practical here for a second because we kind of see what the Bible has to say about thoughts and, and controlling your mind. Let's think about this. How many times a day do, do you pull your phone out? How many times a day do you just randomly grab your phone out of your pocket and, and, and just start scrolling pointlessly? And by the way, this is convicting to me too. <laughs> I, I'm preaching to the choir, man. I get it. How many times a day do you pull your phone out? It red lights? I mean, come on. Are you that addicted to your phone that you're at a red light for 45 seconds and you pull your phone out just in case? I mean, <laughs> in the checkout line at Walmart? <laughs> Bill's on. Okay, let's, okay, we'll get away from Bill. Study hall at school. <laughs> Study hall, waiting for the bus before you go to bed. First thing when you wake up in the morning. Does the, how about this? Does the thought of not having your phone for like an entire day, 24 hours, freak you out? Ooh. Enslaved to a habit or practice, cessation causes severe trauma. What about TV? How often are you glued to your TV or, or Netflix on your tablet or YouTube on your phone? No, not me, man. I don't even have a smartphone. Okay, how about your Xbox? How about your PlayStation? It's all media. We're, and, and trust me, we're going to beat the drum on social media in a second. I'm just saying, are we addicted and not even realize it? Have you become addicted to media or social media? Be honest with yourself. Teens, adults, anyone listening. Have we left our flanks open for the enemy to get a foothold in our lives and we didn't even realize it? Number two, let's look at some symptoms of social media addiction. I want This is the part that's a little different because I've actually, this is something I've been thinking about for several months and I, I think it's really important to all of our lives, especially young people, but older people alike because of the world we live in. And, I, and I've been reading several books just on the, the actual effects of technology and social media addiction. Because if you allow yourself to become addicted to that little rectangle in your pocket, you'll unknowingly become subjected to the influence of those who own those platforms. Think about it. If you become addicted to these things, whoever runs or owns or operates or influences those things, you're going to become influenced by them. Trust me. I read this book that I really liked called Screens and Teens. I'm not even telling you to read it. It was just it had some interesting thoughts. It's by this lady named Dr. Kathy. And this, this line was really good. She said, whatever you experience often is going to influence your beliefs and behaviors. Well, I, I can find 10 biblical principles to back that up. We've seen them for the last two and a half weeks. Whatever you experience often is going to influence your beliefs and behaviors. So let's just ask ourselves, what do we experience often? Do we experience the influence of God's word? Or do we experience the influence of media, saturation of media and social media, and the thoughts and the opinions of this world system? It's a fair question. 
Because check this out, guys. Once you're hooked on media, social media, whatever it is, once you're hooked, the world has a 24-7 open door to influencing your mind. 24-7 intravenous flow into your brain when you're hooked on this stuff. They're brainwashing you, and you didn't even know it. Shouldn't surprise you, though, because the devil is subtle. He's subtle. Next blank on your study sheet is this. Addiction leads to indoctrination. That's a really big word. All that means is when you're addicted to social media, you're going to become influenced to think the way that those people think. Because that's the way that we're all influenced is whatever we experience a lot, but especially at your age. And, and I don't even mean to pull science on you or pull old guy on you, but before, the, before your early to mid-20s, your brain is still forming. Seriously. They say until like your mid-20s. You're, so like my brain just fully formed a couple years ago. So like as, as your brain is in development and you're subjecting yourself and blasting yourself with this 24-7 stream of the world, you are influencing your own thoughts and thoughts lead to actions it'll influence your thoughts your beliefs and eventually your behaviors like we said last week guys the the kid who grew up in church his whole life and then went off to college and in the first year of college chucked his faith for a can of beer and sleeping around that didn't happen overnight They've been thinking that way for a while. They've been influenced that way for a while. And when they left the umbrella of their parents in the church, well, their actions just followed their thoughts. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen overnight. That Dr. Kathy lady, she, she lists some core needs that we all have. We all have core needs. And she lists some examples. I think they're good. They're okay. Um, some core needs that everybody has. Security, identity, belonging, purpose, competence. All things that we, that we need, that we desire. And here's the problem. If we try to find fulfillment of those needs, security, identity, belonging, purpose, if we try to find fulfillment of those things in social media, in technology, instead of Christ, well, then we become indoctrinated by the world's system. We become influenced by the world's system, and ultimately it's going to leave us high and dry because nothing can fill those needs other than Christ. And so if you aren't sure about if you're addicted to media and you're like, well, no, I think I'm okay. Yeah, of course I have a phone. Yeah, I I like Twitter, but I don't think I'm addicted. Well, I want to give you some symptoms, some effects that that often occur as a result of this habitual practice of constantly being glued to your phone. I want to give you some effects, and you can write them down if you want to. You don't have to. I just want you to think about them. Is this me? Let's just start easily. How about tired? Are you staying up way too late online and not getting enough sleep? That's just a practical side effect of being addicted to technology and media. You're not getting enough sleep. That's not even healthy. How about stress? Information overload online can overwhelm you and actually stress you out. Did you know that? How about anxiety and even depression? Did you know that constantly checking social media for likes and comments to gratify you, to fill your desire for security and purpose and identity. Doing that can give you anxiety and even lead to depression because what you're doing is relying on a false sense of fulfillment to fulfill those needs of purpose and identity that only Christ can fulfill. And so you you learn, you train yourself that getting enough likes on an Instagram picture will make you feel good and then you don't get enough of those likes and you don't feel good anymore. Sounds like you're a crack addict, doesn't it? It really does, but it doesn't, it's not as bad. It doesn't hurt anybody. You're only hurting yourself. And you're leaving yourself open to being influenced by the world 
and you're being brainwashed. How about entitlement? Guys, we're being adults here. We gotta get introspective here. Yeah, think about this. Have you noticed yourself acting or thinking more entitled than you used to be, maybe? Like, like all of a sudden you just act like you deserve whatever you want? You gotta get a little honest and introspective with yourself if you're gonna answer that question. How about impatience? Ever notice yourself becoming more impatient, desiring what you want, when you want it, right now? How about quick boredom? Has your attention span become short? Like, does the inkling of boredom cause you to pull out your phone and pointlessly scroll through Instagram or Twitter or Facebook like, oh man, I can't be bored. Okay. How about complaining? Have you become a complainer? Not getting what you want, less content, more me-centered. You complain more, you're less thankful. These are all symptoms of an addiction to technology and, and, and media and social media, but the biggest red flag I want to give you guys, and this is important, because the reason we're talking about this kind of media addiction is because what it leads to, getting hooked on this stuff, gives them the ability to brainwash you without you knowing it. That's, that's the thing. We're not just talking about you need to put your phone down because you should. We're talking about getting glued to your phone and getting glued to social media to where you need it gives them the open door into your mind. You're giving the enemy an open door into influencing and ruling your mind. The last one here, though, that I want you to see is worldly sympathy. That's what I'm calling it. Worldly sympathy. What, what do I mean by that? H- have you noticed yourself maybe mysteriously all of a sudden becoming sympathetic to the world's thoughts or beliefs or opinions? This is a huge red flag because it it reveals that maybe you've allowed social media and those who run it to influence your thoughts. How long before your actions follow? How long before your actions follow? So, So you're on social media all the time. The world runs social media, of course. I mean, and, and so, I mean, I've noticed that I'll have, I'll follow some people, but then it'll show me, it'll show me on Twitter, like, tweets of other people I don't even follow that believe different things than I believe, and that's okay, I'm mature, I'm not angry at them for believing different things that I believe, but if you blast me with that stuff all the time, eventually I start to become a little sympathetic. I'm not saying I agree with them, but, eh, okay, is it really that bad? Is it, is this really that bad? And you know what it leads to eventually? You, do you guys know what happened last night in New York? Do you, do you guys know? Did you see it on Facebook or Twitter as you were addicted to it? Did, did, you, did you see that in New York for the first time, is they're the first state to legalize late-term abortion and they can abort a child all the way up to the day of birth? That's the world. That's who runs social media. Man, do you find yourself beginning to sympathize with some of those things? You're telling me the matter of an hour determines whether a child can be killed or not, whether it came through the birth canal or not. Senators, you can find a video of senators applauding and saying, what a step forward for women's rights. Do you actually think that abortion is women's rights? Have, have, you, have you let yourself become influenced by the world to the point where you think that killing a child, killing babies, has anything to do with women's rights? Don't let them pull the wool over your eye, Christian. Don't let them pull the wool over your eye. It's garbage. Can I just give you a little bit of my own story? The reason this hits so home to me is because a couple years ago, I, I noticed this in my life. I, I, just, I was too much on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, just like anybody. And all of a sudden, I just noticed myself wondering if, if what they were saying was true. It, what, what, are th- what they're saying about religion, is it just too old-fashioned? Maybe we just need to, is, I don't know. Are they right? 
It's led to thoughts about the Bible, God. What, are they, what if they're right? Are we just a little old-fashioned? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, wh- where did these thoughts come from? These aren't my thoughts. These aren't the Lord's thoughts. Where did these thoughts come from? That was a huge red flag in my head, and immediately I took it to God, and I asked him to, to show me the root of this, and I prayed, and I read my Bible for a while, and eventually I just realized that I allowed the enemy to have a foothold in my mind. I was addicted to social media. I was addicted to media, and put TV on top of that, too, if you want. You start watching all these shows that, that just make prominent these, these terrible sexual relationships, these promiscuous relationships, and homosexuality, and all of these terrible things. And it's just become so prominent that you're seeing it all the time, and eventually you start to sympathize with it. Man, I, I noticed that in my, in my thoughts and, and I just started praying to God. I didn't even really know what to do, so I just did an experiment. I, last, last spring, I just deleted my Instagram. I didn't delete the account. I just deleted the app off my phone. Do you know you can delete the app without deleting your whole account? It's, it's, it's actually easy. You can do it in like five seconds. You don't even lose your account. I just deleted the app. And then it, shortly after I deleted Twitter, I kept Facebook because everybody has Facebook, and that's how you, you can communicate with people, so whatever. I got rid of two-thirds of the, of the, the pie, and, and you know what I did? Uh, all I did, and I, by the way, I'm not saying you have to delete everything. I'm not. Trust, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you this experiment I did with myself. I cut my time on social media way down, and I jacked my time in the word and prayer up, and guess what happened? After a couple minutes, I was back to normal. I felt normal. Those thoughts didn't make any sense to me anymore. What the crap? I was letting my social media addiction influence my thoughts to the point where I was becoming brainwashed. Luckily, being saved since I was 10 years old, God showed me that was a red flag. Many people don't realize it, and their actions follow their thoughts, and then they just completely chuck their faith. Don't do that. The entire point of this series is not to just punch you in the gut. Guys, I want you to be warned. I want you to realize what the enemy is trying to do to you without you even realizing it. I don't want this to happen to you. If you have any of these red flags, well, this next point and all of next week's study is going to help you. Number three, solution to social media addiction. Solution. If you notice any of these red flags and you're like, I don't know, man, maybe, I I think you might be right. I I might have a bit of a problem. Maybe they're starting to influence my thoughts. What is the solution? Well, next week, I promise you, we're going to spend all next week about the biblical solution and practically what we should do. And it's all out of Romans 12 and verse 2. I mean, it's, it's, it's simple, but it's profound, you know. The short answer is you can only be conformed to one or two things, the world or the word. You can either be conformed to the world, you can be conformed to the word of God. That's the short and sweet of it. So, so we have to take captive every thought. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, again, it's such a good verse because You cast down imaginations, every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. So anything that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, that would be worldly wisdom, that's foolishness to God, cast it down and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's such good advice. Don't allow your mind to be intoxicated, drunk, and controlled by any outside force other than God's word and the Holy Spirit. You can do that. You can do that. You might have to cut down on some of the outside influences for a while. Let the Bible discern and sort out your thoughts. Hebrews 4.12, we'll study this more next week, but check it out. The word of God is quick. Here, quick means alive. Remember whenever, whenever we see a verse that says, you have the quickened, and I say, what's that mean? And you say, made alive. Quick means alive. 
So the word of God is quick, it's alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, of the joints and the marrow, and guess what? It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is so sharp, it can, if you let it, it will pierce right through and it will discern your thoughts and intents. And it will show you what are the thoughts of the world and what are the thoughts of God. If you'll let it, if you let it. And then what you can do is Romans 12 too, let it transform your mind and renew your mind, right? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can renew your mind in God's word by dumping the crap that's been building up sludge in your mind and cleaning it out with God's word. You can do that. Well, how do we, actually, how do we do it? How do I actually do that? We'll see more of that in detail next week, but I want to propose something for all of us to do to start this process. Tonight, this, this, is, this is big. This is for all of us. And, and it's completely voluntary, but I want to encourage you to do this with me, with Ignite. I, I want to do a purge, man. I want to do a cleanse. You know, have you ever seen, like, s- Facebook moms or something where they're like, hey, man, if you drink this nasty sludgy crap, it'll just purge out everything in your body and give you a fresh start? Just cleanses everything out? I don't know. I've never done anything like that, but... Uh, well, let's do a mind purge. The Bible calls it a fast. Check this out. Mark chapter 9, verse 28. When he, Jesus, was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast him out? They were trying to cast out a demon, and they couldn't. And then Jesus did. And in verse 29, he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. And all throughout the scripture, we see prayer and fasting together. What is fasting? Well, usually in the scripture, when you see fasting, it's associated with food. Just abstaining from eating food and giving more time to prayer and and. and, and reading the word of God. But all fasting is essentially is abstaining from something to focus on prayer and God's word. So Daniel chapter 9 and verse 3, check this out. Daniel said, I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer. He was seeking God by prayer and supplications with fasting. He was seeking God's will. Ezra 8, 21. That, that prophet, then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before our God. Why? To seek of him a right way for us. That's all it is. And so I'm not saying we're going to stop eating food. I promise you. What I want to propose to you after everything we've seen for the last three weeks now is Ignite as a youth group, we're going to do a three-day social media fast. Three days. Social media fast. That's your last blank, by the way. Only for the intent of purging and cleansing our minds from whatever gunk has been built up in there from the junk of this world. And so here's what we're going to do, and ironically enough, we're going to count it down on social media so that you know what's happening, but I want it to end on a Wednesday night, so what's going to happen is we're going to start it this Sunday at 7 p.m., and I'll post it all over social media. I already have the post scheduled, Um, and so like Sunday night at 7 p.m., we'll start. Boom. No more Facebook, no more Instagram, no more I'm not even telling you don't watch TV. Just social media. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Does the thought of that freak you out? might be addicted think about it so what we're going to do we're going to start sunday at 7 p.m i hope you'll all join in with me and then we're going to go 72 hours to wednesday night at 7 because we always start the service at 7 p.m so at the service you'll have gone 72 hours and i guess i guess a bonus hour after the service it was 73 hours without social media i this is completely voluntary by the way nobody's being forced i feel like i have to say that nowadays or someone's going to freak out at me 
You're not being forced. It's completely voluntary. But I want to encourage you to do this. If you, if you don't think you can do it, simply just delete those apps from your phone. Snapchat, all that. Like, don't delete your account. Just delete the app. You can download it in three days. If you're like, dude, I don't know. I think I'm just going to open my phone and look at it because I'm so used to it. It's, it's habit-forming. Addiction. Just delete the apps, man. You can, you can, you can re-download them in three days. Three days. Give yourself three days to cleanse from the world's gunk. Now, if you're the guy who's like, oh, well, I don't really use social media. I don't have a smartphone. Okay, what's your thing? Are you addicted to TV? Are you addicted to Netflix? Are you addicted to your Xbox? Whatever it is, whatever media it is that you're addicted to, cut it out for three days. Do it. Join us. Let's all do this thing, man. Adults, kids, let's all do it. Okay, we'll count it down on social media. Sunday at 7 o'clock, we'll go dark. We actually have a prayer night service over in the main, uh, the main building this Sunday because Brett Bartlett's going to be with us, and he's going to be teaching. So there you go. We can all come at 6.30 and be together when it starts if you want. And then we're going to go three days, man. We're just going to go dark on social media. We're going to count it down. We'll start it. And during this time, when you get tempted to get on social media because you're addicted, open your Bible app instead. Read, spend some time with the Lord, pray. That's the whole point of fasting. The entire point, well, especially in what we're doing, is to cleanse yourself, but substitute it with something good. Be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So during these three days, when you normally would be scrolling through pointlessly random posts, read, read God's word, pray, talk to God, get to know your heavenly Father a little bit. And I, I just want us to get a fresh start. And, and perhaps during this three days, when you realize how hard it actually is, maybe you'll realize that, man, I've given the enemy a foothold in my life. And after the three days, maybe, maybe you'll realize more of just how addicted you were, but maybe you didn't realize it before. Maybe after the three days, you'll feel so much better, you'll be like, hey, I need to cut some of this stuff out. Maybe I need to cut my time way down on whatever this is that I was stuck on before. Here's, here's, this is the passage I want to leave you with tonight. Let me give you these couple of verses. This is what I want us to leave on. James 4, 8. Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. Do you feel distant? Do you feel like God's so far away and, and all of that business? Do you feel like you don't even know him anymore? Draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Listen, man, if you're in the thick of it, you're addicted to social media and the world is starting to actually brainwash your thoughts, let it out. Go through this cleanse. Give it to God. Feel bad. Notice what the verse says. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Why? To humble yourself before the sight of the Lord and then he'll lift you up. Just go before the Lord, be real, and be like, Lord, I've let the enemy have a foothold in my life, and it's starting to change my thoughts, and I don't want it to change my actions. Lord, I don't know why, but all this stuff that I used to be so firm in, I've, I've become, I've started to let it go. I've started to look more like the world. Just give it to him. Give the Lord 72 hours to clean your mind out, to renew it. And then next Wednesday, when we meet back and finish the series up, we're going to see exactly what we need to do to break free from being brainwashed by the world and to start to become brain cleaned by his word. We can stop being brainwashed and we can get our minds cleaned out by the word of God, renewed as it were, so that we can be transformed. Of course this is all voluntary. You don't have to do it, but listen man, 
if you're a Christian and you've let the world get too much of a foothold in your life, that's exactly what the enemy wants. He's subtle. He wants you to question God. He's going to lie to you. He's going to appeal to your flesh, and eventually you're going to look just like the world. Don't do it, man. Don't be another kid that I have to weep over because I see you posting trash on Twitter just a year or two after high school because you're, you're off in Columbus living your life. Man, don't be another one of those kids. Get it together. Get it together. Give it back to the Lord. Let him have your mind back. So just let's do it, man. Let's do this. I'm not even trying to convict you and guilt you into doing this fast. I'm just saying let's do it. I, I'm encouraging. It's going to be hard, man. I'm 28. I like my cell phone. I'm not even saying to, you got to pitch your cell phone for three days. I'm saying just don't get on Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. You, how many social medias are there nowadays? It's like when you get bored with this one, you just get on the next one to check your, I have Bleacher Report, which is a sports app. And it's like a social, it gives me notifications. Like everything is social media, man. It's just like, it's crazy. Purge it out. Cleanse it out. 72 hours. Let's come back next Wednesday and feel good. And then let God's word renew us. Sound good? Let's pray. God, I come to you tonight, and Lord, I thank you for when your word punches me in the gut. It certainly did this week, and it has been for the last couple of months as I've been thinking about this study and praying about it. And Lord, I just pray that, I pray that every single person in here would take this seriously and would do this social media fast. Not because it's some mystical, weird, spiritual thing. No, because simply we've got too much of the world in our minds, and we need to do, have a purge, and we need to let your word influence our minds again because we've let the world get too much of a foothold in our minds lord and we know that actions follow thoughts and we certainly don't want to become more like the world so god i pray that everyone in here this sunday at seven o'clock that we would just go social media dark whatever it is if they're not on social media turn the tv off turn the xbox off whatever it is give 72 hours give three days to you and to your word and to prayer instead of being saturated with the garbage and the filth of this world Lord, I think we'll be better for it. Lord, I just pray that we would strive to be more like you in everything that we do, that we wouldn't do this to please a youth pastor, to please a counselor, to please our parents. We would do this because we want to be like you, because we love you, because we know that you're our father and that you saved us from our sin. And so we want you to have our life. We want you to have control of our mind because we love you and you died for us, not because we're some mindless slave. No, that's what the world wants us to be. You want us to be your friend, your son, your daughter, your servant because of what you did for us. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to get this lined out. We love you. I pray that you would be lifted up and praised in this last song. It's in your son Jesus Christ's name that I pray. Amen.